You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're at episode 106 and today I am sharing the eight mindset shifts that have changed my business. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. It is awesome to have you here. I hope that you are doing well. We are starting to really move into the cold weather here in Melbourne. And so we've got the heating on and we're all rugged up and I'm feeling like winter is coming. So we're in week six of isolation and lockdown and uh, we're kind of feeling like we are getting in a groove. Yeah, we're kind of, everybody's finding their feet. The kids are doing their homeschooling. Um, I'm still working from home, which is all good. And yeah, life just feels kind of a little bit normal now, which is not the normal that we want, but it's the normal that it is. So that's what's happening. This week, I really wanted to talk about mindset shifts. This is something that I am focusing massively on in my business right now. I am looking to up-level my own mindset. I'm looking to up-level my business. I am looking at a number of masterminds and other things that are in the U.S., Uh, so that I can start to broaden my horizons and start to work with people who have different business models to me and who I think think differently as well. And so I'm excited about that. And so today I wanted to kind of look back and kind of share some of the things that I have really made part of my mindset when it comes to my business and how it might be able to help you as well. Because as I'm going to share today, I actually think that your mindset is like 80% of the game when it comes to success in business. Because if you don't feel you can do something, if you're not confident in it, then you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. But listen, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that you can still grab my free checklist. You can download it if you go to suzechadwick.com forward slash checklist. And it's the 10 steps to mapping, making, and monetizing your online content. So if you want more help with that, then make sure you go and grab it because it's good. I'm just going to say it, but let's dive into this week's episode. So today we are talking all about mindset, milestones, and mastermind buddies. So I think that you get to the point in your business where you actually realize, as I said in the intro, that mindset is like 80% of the game. So when you believe you're the best or working towards being the best in your industry, when you believe that success is inevitable for you, when you understand that what other people are doing does not matter, When you realize that having the right people to do the stuff that you can't makes a huge difference. When you know that what you're charging is incredible value for what you're actually delivering. When you realize that your flavor of bold will attract the right people that you really want. When your mindset shifts into a completely different gear and the conversations you're having need to be up leveled. When you're focused on your client's problems and their success 
in such a huge way that it's what you're obsessing over, I think that's when you know that you're shifting into a different gear. And one of the main things is, is that when you make a decision that what other people think does not matter, then I tell you what, you're cooking with gas. So when you get to that, then you know that your business is in a different space, that you are in a different space. And so the reason that I decided that I wanted to record this podcast for you this week is because I just paid my bass for quarter one yesterday. And even though I check my zero accounting reports regularly, looking at the sales revenue figure for Q1 of 2020 was actually more than I made in the first two years of my business. And I just thought, you know something, there have been some really big mindset shifts that I can really attribute to the direction that my business has gone. So for me, when mindset, motive and impact align, then the money flows from there. And if you followed me, you'll know that I actually got rid of a whole lot of stuff in my business last year. I really kind of started to take a look at like, what is it that I am here to do and what is the main thing that I want to focus on? And I felt that really... I guess having multiple things happening and really splitting my energy across so many different client groups, products and services just didn't help me to serve my clients in the best way, didn't help me to focus in on what it is that I wanted to do. And so I feel like my mindset wasn't focused enough. And I think that having less has helped me be more focused. I think that my motives uh, have been really focused in on my clients a whole lot more because obviously I'm now just focusing on kind of one group of client mainly. And that has meant that the impact that I've had on my clients has been so much greater as well. So when you're up leveling your mindset consistently, when you're focused on the impact that you're making and when you're motivated by being better, being the best, creating unique, high quality and incredible offers, I think that's when the money actually flows. So I'm going to share with you the eight key things that I kind of think have really helped me and I hope that they help you as well. So the first mindset for me is really, you know, what's best for you or the fact that I am trusting myself now. So I have listened for years to other people and I've learned a lot loads and I'm still, and I'm still learning a lot as well. But as I've shared before in a lot of the episodes on the podcast, but especially in episode 84, which is breaking all the rules to find success, that to move forward in your business, you have to start listening and trusting yourself the most. Yeah. So learn what you learn from others and then find your own path and thought leadership. And I talk about thought leadership a lot. Yeah. It's taking all of your life experience and then all of the things that you learn and bringing them together to create something new and unique. So take what works and leave what doesn't when you are learning from others. And when it comes to the tech stuff, like I'll outsource or I'll follow a strategy for sure. But when it comes to how we do things in my business, the way that I sell or talk about the things that I have, 
then it's really about me finding my own way. Like I don't think anybody else can tell me how I should sell what I sell. I think that I can learn how they've done it and I can learn different ways to do it. But then I really need to kind of go back into myself and go, what is going to work for me? So some of the ways I've worked out what works for me and my clients is by being hyper observant to my audience and listening to what they need and want and then connecting in a deeper way with that. So, you know, I've talked about it. I've run surveys, I've done interviews, I've done research. Like I am such an information gatherer. And I think that me doing that has really helped me to go deeper into what it is that my clients want. And I'm still even building on that even more now and looking at how I can go deeper into mindset for them and and I guess deal with or support them with some of the issues that they're dealing with themselves. So I have so many conversations with my clients and I had one just this week where she said to me, you're in my head. Like what you talk about is exactly what I was thinking yesterday and feeling and I was having a conversation with somebody about that. And if you're constantly listening to others, as in learning from others, then you don't have the opportunity to listen to and hear your own voice. So I just think there has to be a really clear understanding and I really want you to know, you know, okay, so this is my learning, but then this is also my listening and my developing. And you've got to give the majority of the time to, I think, the listening and the developing of your own message and what it is that you're saying and really trusting yourself with that and continue to learn. I don't think that learning is ever going to stop. I know for me, it's not like I think there's always new things to learn. There's always new levels to get to, but I think that there needs to be you know, a real balance of the time that you're spending learning and the time that you're spending listening and creating and developing your own thought processes um, and the way that you do things so that you can really trust what it is that you're doing and know that, yes, I am doing this because I understand my audience, because I understand myself and I understand my audience and I know that this is what is best for me. So the first thing is really knowing what's best for you and trusting yourself. The second one, oh, this is a good one. This is a juicy one. Believing that you're the best. Did you just kind of go, oh, Suze, like that's never going to happen. How can I ever be the best? Yeah. So it doesn't matter who else does what you do. It doesn't matter who they are, where they've been, what they know. You have to believe in your skills, your ability to learn and grow and connect and respond to your customers. I was listening to Mariah Coz. Um, she does things around online courses and she's got a podcast, uh, etc. And she was talking about the fact that she believes that she's the best at what she does. And having that kind of confidence means that she sells with that frame of mind, which I love. It's just like, do you believe that you're the best at what you do? And so for me, with what I teach when it comes to bold branding, getting confident in what you're putting out there, creating the right stru- the right structure, strategies and steps to be able to scale your business, I think absolutely that BBA is one of the best, if not the best in the market at the moment at that particular thing. 
Yeah. And trust me, I've been through some of the big courses, so I know what I'm comparing it against and I know the results that my customers have gotten as well. And so I'm now like, do I believe this is the best? Yeah, I do. And if I don't, then what do I need to do to make it the best? And so when people ask me about how do you show up with confidence? How do you sell with confidence? How do you promote what you have? Whatever that is. It's because I believe that Brand Builders Academy is the best course when it comes to building a bold brand in your market, looking at how you're breaking the mold, connecting with your audience, those sorts of things. So I also love Brooke Costello, who is, uh, she's the founder of Life Coaching School or the School of Life Coaching. Uh, she talks about her course and her membership. And she's like, I feel like I'm selling a Mercedes for $10. And all it means is that she knows it's so good that she thinks it's crazy when people don't buy it because they are getting so much from her. And so once again, that's how I feel about Brand Builders Academy. You know, I've seen the results my clients have where they've doubled or tripled their profits in their business. They've changed their pricing to be higher and attracted more of the of the right clients. I know that it's exceptional because I show up there for my clients when I need to and I show up even when I don't need to. And so for me, I believe that one day I'll have like five or 10,000, if not more business owners in BBA, because I think it's that good. And I know that it will just get better as well. So my question is, do you believe that what you're putting out there is the best when it comes to what you do? And this is the other thing, yeah, is that I think that you can only believe that you're the best if you're not constantly looking at everybody else. And so you're like, well, Suze, if I think I'm the best, I have to be able to compare. You can know what's happening in your market. You can know who's out there. You can know what's on offer, but you're not spending your time in it all the time. You are spending your time building what you have and building your confidence in what you do, building your confidence in the clients you're serving and how what you do serves them so that you know that, yes, you can stand behind your products and services and say, this is the best in the market for what I do, yeah? And I think that if you can start to build that confidence or work towards it, I think that that is one of the biggest mindset shifts that you can have as well. You know, I constantly talk about building a confidently bold brand. And when I talk about bold branding, it's about loving what you're putting out there and knowing that it is good and it is exceptional and it is exactly what your clients need. And so building a confidently bold brand is believing that you are the best at what you do in your market. And I would love, I would love you to feel that because it will change the game for you. Number three is aim higher. So this is around having a mindset of not just going for what you think you can, but going for things that are much higher and aiming much higher. And I've listened to so many amazing people on this. Um, But one that I recently listened to is that I recently bought Masterclass. Uh, It's like masterclass.com, which is an online library of basically people who are the best in their field. So think Malcolm Gladwell is teaching writing. Sarah Blakely is talking about entrepreneurship. Anna Winter from... Um, Vogue is talking about leadership and creativity, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, it's so good. I'm really loving it. So anyway, Sarah Blakely, I was watching her masterclass the other day because 
like who wouldn't, she's so amazing, who is the founder of Spanx, if the name is not ringing a bell. She was sharing a story about a challenge that she did for a TV show with Richard Branson um, where basically they had to jump out into their teammates' arms who were hanging over a gorge. So the teammate is hanging suspended over a gorge and there's maybe like, I don't know, maybe two or three metres between the edge of the cliff and their teammate and they can't take a run up. They have just got to stand there and then they've just got to jump to their teammate and their teammate has to catch them. Now, if the teammate doesn't catch them, then they fall into the gorge with a bunch of rope attached to them yeah so obviously it's like just bungeeing if they don't get there and so out of the large group that she was on this tv show with she was like the only person or one of two or three people who made the jump successfully and when they asked her how she did it she said i aimed higher than i needed to So everyone else was aiming for the person's like eyes, yeah, or for their arms, for their chest. But she aimed for way above her partner's head. And so she landed where she was supposed to because when everybody else did the jump, they ended up landing at their partner's feet. And I just love it so much. She's just like, she's like, you you have to aim so much higher than where you want to land. And so often we aim for mediocre. We aim for what we think we can hit. And when you start aiming bigger or higher, you'll be amazed at what you achieve. And it's not actually always about hitting that exact goal. It's not like if I say, okay, well, I want 100. And then if you miss that, you failed. That's not what I'm saying. It's that if you had been conservative, you probably would have aimed for 50, but you've now given yourself a goal of 100 and you end up at 80 or 90. And it's so much more than what you would have hit if you had played it safe and aimed at just mediocre. Yeah. And so I want you to really start thinking about how are you going after your goals? How are you setting yourself up for success? What exactly are you aiming for? You know, for me, obviously this year's kind of been turned on its head, but for me, I was like, I want like 100 people like more in BBA this year. And I'm still going to aim for that. Even though the market's hard and even though things have kind of gone a bit skew, I'm still going to aim for that. Because the thing is, is that if I aim for less, then I will have a even more mediocre outcome. But if I aim a lot higher, then hopefully I'll get as close to that as I possibly can if I don't actually meet that goal. And so I just really want you to start thinking about how are you aiming higher? How are you going after the things that you really want in a big way with confidence? Yeah. And with self-trust and with focusing on your audience, which leads into number four, which is about thinking bigger generally. 
So don't focus on individuals. Think of your wider audience. So this is something that I've dealt with. And if I'm honest, I'm dealing with at the moment when it comes to my own mindset. So, you know, you might have a community that you know really well. And so sometimes I think I focus too much on specific individuals and what they're doing um, and how I can make a difference to them. And you might even be looking at just a select group of people But what this does is that I think that sometimes it can really limit us. Now, don't get me wrong. Community is so important and knowing them is so important. But broadening your reach, your brand and your community is just as important. So I think for me, thinking local has kept me local. So this year was actually all about going global It was about doing things differently. It was about going much bigger. It was about playing bigger and branding bolder on a more international like platform as well. So I'm also looking at a mastermind in the US so that I can broaden my connections, my exposure, my opportunities, uh, be able to access other people's networks and just kind of break out of the Australian market as well. And it's not that I don't value the Australian market and I know I've got amazing clients here as well. But I think that once again, you've got to be thinking bigger. You've got to be looking at how do I go broader? How do I connect with more people and take my brand to a whole new level. And if you want to build your business and broaden what you're doing, then you have to be around people who are playing much bigger than you are. People who can push you to a new level. And I think if you're comfortable, which I think I am right now, you have to seek out people where you feel... (laughs) (laughs) a little intimidated or uncomfortable being in the same room in a big way, you know, because they will be the people who challenge you. So my question is, are you having comfortable conversations? Are you in the company of people where you're the smartest person in the room? Are you doing things that are pushing you in a different way? Or are you kind of like, you know something, I love everybody. We're all kind of in the same boat. We're all at the same level. This is really nice and I feel really comfortable. And sometimes I'm the smartest person in the room and that really works for me. And so my question to you is, are you thinking bigger? Are you challenging yourself? Because I know I need to do that right now. And so I'm really conscious of putting myself in a space where I'm stretching myself and I'm doing things that are new and different. Yeah, so I want you to think about whether you are in a space of comfort or whether you are actually in a space where you can feel that you've been challenged and where it's a bit of a stretch. Number five is mute the trigger. I'm just going to say that again, mute, M-U-T-E, mute the trigger. So I think that this comes with caring what people think. Yeah. And I know that this is one of the biggest issues that so many people have. It's worrying about either strangers on the internet, what their family are going to say, what their friends are going to say, whoever. And so if people trigger you, then mute them from your earshot. I have people that I like in different spaces, but you know something, I don't always agree with them, which is fine. It doesn't mean that I'll unfollow them. But if somebody is on a rant or in a headspace for a period of time that is either hectic or judgmental or unhelpful, then I'll mute them or I'll snooze them for 30 days without a second thought. 
So you don't have to unfollow people you like just because you disagree with one thing that they say, but just be aware of protecting your own headspace. And I talk about this in my book, Play Big Brand Bold. Protecting your headspace is your responsibility. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. Otherwise, you'll be seeing things that are bringing you down or holding you back. And if you don't act on it to remove that, then you may be unknowingly letting it affect you. And so I just want you to really think about that as well. Are there things, people, whatever it is, that are just like a drain? They're a drain on you. People where if the phone rings or they want to catch up, you're like, oh, like you can, you get that kind of inner gut feeling where you're like, I don't want to do that because that's not going to be good. Um, And, you know, can I just say that I have snoozed and muted quite a few people during this pandemic because I'm just like, you know, something that is just not going to help me at all. Like I've got to really protect my own headspace. I've got my business to look after. I've got my family to look after. I've got homeschooling to sort out. I've got clients to look after. I've got my hubby in my office every now and again. He's not here today. And can I just put a little note in here? When there's a really quick podcast, like last week where it was like, I don't know, 19 minutes or something it's because I'm trying to rush through so that my hubby can come back into the office (laughs) so today he's not here so this episode might be extra long which is quite nice but I just want you to understand like what's holding you back and really think about how can I remove that So I've now said to him, I would really love it if you could go into the office on Wednesdays because that's my podcast recording day. Um, And so it gives me more space to be able to talk about what I want to talk about. But him being here has meant that I haven't done as many lives and I haven't done as many stories and I haven't done as many podcasts as I probably would have liked to have done because he's literally sitting normally two meters from me. So once again, I've identified that is a barrier for me executing on something that I really really want to do. How do I remove that? So I very politely ask him to go away. Uh, so, so I think you've just got to really think about how you're controlling the space that you're in. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you mute somebody. It doesn't mean about you're a bad person if you snooze somebody. If somebody annoys you, remove them from your space. I think we've got enough going on and enough to deal with without having external factors bringing us down as well. So number six, money is just money. I always say, or I always use this saying because I've got no idea who said it, new level, new devil. And I have been working on my money mindset for years. And I actually don't think it's something that I will ever stop working on. I was listening to a podcast recently with Brooke Costello from who I just said before, Life Coaching School, um, on Claire Palatrode's podcast and I will have it in the show notes. Her podcast is the Get Paid podcast, which I love. And she said, so Brooke was saying to Claire that this was something that she learned from her coach when it came to money. If somebody will pay $200, they'll pay $400. If somebody will pay $1,000, they'll pay $2,000. It's really just a number which I think is really interesting because I think most of us will go, ah, no, that's not me. I wouldn't do that. And when I think about it, if I wanted something, if you were charging me $200 and I really wanted it, I'd still buy it for 400. 
if you were charging a thousand dollars and I really wanted it and I knew that it could help me or I knew that that was just whatever I wanted. I knew that it was going to be what I wanted in some way, whether it's my business or personal or whatever, I would pay that. I'd pay 1000 I'd pay $2,000. And so I just think that sometimes we look at money and we go, oh no, I wouldn't. But my question is, if you really wanted it and you had the means or you could work out having the means, then what would you do? And I remember years ago, I had somebody who wanted to work with me, uh, but she said, no, I can't afford it. And then a couple of months later, she went on a massive overseas trip, which is probably why she couldn't afford it. But my point is, is that we make a choice. A lot of the times we have the funds, we have the means, but we make the choice where we decide to spend it. And so if somebody really wants something, they'll pay for it. And so I just found that really interesting. It was just such a simple way of saying it. If somebody will pay 200, they will pay 400. If somebody would pay 1000, they would pay 2000. So if you know that your product is the best in the market for what it is that you do and you over deliver, then you'll always find an audience for what you have. So I'm currently looking at building the Brand Leaders Lounge Mastermind and Membership. It'll be a 10 to 15K offering over the year. And it's for people who want to take their personal brand to market in a massive, massive way. And so I'm looking to invest that kind of money, if not more, with a multiple six or seven figure coach who can help me to get to that next level because I want to think like somebody who has a business that is at that level. And so I think that you've also got to think about, you know, when you look at what you charge and when you look at what it is that you want from your clients, are you investing in yourself as well? Or are you like, no, I want everybody to pay me, but I'm actually not going to invest that kind of money in myself. And I think that's a money mindset that I had to deal with early on in my business too, is that I was kind of investing in myself, but there was definitely a limit to what I felt like I could invest in myself. And I feel like I've broken through that now when I'm like, you know, something I would pay 10 or 20,000 to work with somebody who I know could take me to like multiple six or into the seven figure realm as well. So I think you've just got to take a look at like what, you look at money meaning for you and what you're willing to invest compared to what you expect others to invest in what it is you offer. So when you think about money, are you looking at how little you can charge or how much it's worth and what you can charge? So this topic is so big and juicy and I love it. So I'm always looking at how I feel about money. You know, I recently won a $50,000 branding project and I was so excited and it was great. And then I just kind of moved on because it's actually not the dollar figure that I'm focused on. It's the impact that I make when I'm awarded a job like that. So when you think about money and charging, you can have financial goals, which I absolutely have. I get my clients to have them as well. But the question is, what does that money afford you when it comes to the impact that you can make? So for example, for me, when I talk about working with a coach or doing something that gets me to multiple six figures into the seven figure realm, 
For me, what that means is that I'm actually going to be working with hundreds, if not thousands of business owners on how they go to market in a bold way, how they get more confident with how they're showing up in their business and that they are building confidently bold brands. And so that's what it means. So I think you've just got to start to take a look at money is really just a symbol. It's just a number but it can afford you the opportunity to work with more people, do more things, have more impact. Yeah. But I just think that we kind of have to dig into how we charge, what we think about it, what we invest for ourselves and what we expect others to invest in us as well. Number seven is I am not responsible for other people's limiting beliefs. And I have to say that when I started my business and as a lot of us do, we kind of ask a lot of people for their opinions and that can be, that can be an issue. Yeah. Because you've got no idea what other people's limiting beliefs are. So I think this is a really big one. And as a coach, this is something that I have had to deal with and work on for a while. Yeah. When I work with clients, I can teach them, I can guide them, I can support them and I can show them the way. But at the end of the day, they have to make the changes. They have to own their mindset and actions. I can't do that for them and I can't make them show up and do the work. So I can, and you know, I can help them with their business and brand strategy, but I can't make them implement it. So the other thing that I'm really conscious of, if we kind of go back to the up-leveling topic and who you have around you, is I won't be responsible for other people's limiting beliefs, but I am able to control my proximity to those limiting beliefs or how I hear them, I listen to them, or I take those limiting beliefs on. So I can't remember if I shared this, but A while ago, one of my biz buddies asked me about pricing one of her products. And when she told me the price that she was thinking of charging, I slightly flinched and I felt that in my body and I saw my own reaction. And I said to her, I actually don't think that you should speak to me about this because I think I have a limiting belief around that. And I don't want to have an impact on what you do if I don't have a mindset of abundance and what is totally possible for you. And so once again, it's just about really coming back in and doing that internal reflection on, you know, what your feelings and thoughts are around certain things, whether it's money, clients, what you're able to do, all of those sorts of things. And number eight is... I'm capable of anything and have control of my success. So if I wanted to learn a language and I committed myself to learning it, if I wanted to create a product, I could make it work. If I need to learn a new software, I can absolutely do that as well. Yeah. But what happens so often is that we start with a thought, this is going to be hard. This is not going to work. This is going to fail. And so before we've even started, we're already creating negativity around what we want to do and what we're about to embark on. So I want you to really look at what you are saying to yourself when you're starting something out 
or what you're saying in the process as well. So even if you're in the process right now. And I love that Brooke Castillo, obviously you can see I've found like a new little guru for myself as well. She talks about the self-coaching model. And I know that Erica talked about this when we did Confidence Rising together as well. So if you were at Confidence Rising, then you would have heard this before. So your circumstances create your thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings, those feelings lead to your actions and your actions determine your results. So I'm just going to say that again, your circumstances, so say we're in a pandemic right now, create your thoughts. This is awful. I hate this. This is hard. This is going to go on forever. Your thoughts create your feelings. So you feel anxious sad, tired, frustrated, whatever that might be. And then those feelings then determine your actions. So you overeat, you shout at the kids, you decide not to do any work in your business, you fight with your hubby, whatever it is. Yeah. And so all of those actions then determine the results of maybe not sleeping, maybe having not a particularly happy home, maybe putting on weight, maybe whatever it is, yeah? And so this is something that I'm still doing a lot of work around myself, around specific areas of my life where I want more success, which is health, wealth, relationships. And I'm being really honest with you here and I'm being really honest with myself as well that the success I have in all these areas will be a result of my thoughts and my feelings. So I'm really wanting to understand that a lot more for myself. But one thing that I am absolutely clear on is I know that my success is determined by all of those things, which are 100% in my control. So can I control my thoughts? Yes, I can. Can I control how those thoughts then make me feel? Yes, I can. If you're a desire mapper at all, which is Danielle Laporte desire map, I actually just saw an ad, saw an ad on Facebook showing that she's doing like a free, um, I think it's a desire map course or something starting on the 4th of May. Uh, desire mappers will understand this, is that I want to think about how do I want to feel and then what do I need to do in order to feel that? What are the actions I need to take to feel that? What are the thoughts I need to have to feel that? And so I think that that's something that you've really got to take a look at and ask yourself, do you believe that you are capable of anything and that you have control of your success? Because I 100% believe that. Now, I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think that, oh, wow, it's just going to be miraculously given to me. I think that there's a lot of work that I have to do around my health, wealth, relationship mindsets and the way that I'm conducting myself and the thoughts that I'm having. And maybe there's stories that I'm telling myself as well. But those are things that I really need to be looking at and working on in order to ensure that I have the success that I want. So I, if you know me at all, I'm a massive mantra person. So when it comes to how I'm creating success, these are some of the things that I've been using, which is success is inevitable for me. I am capable of anything that I set my mind and thoughts to. I can make this a success for any in particular, like individual thing. Anything is possible if you've got enough nerve, which is a JK Rowling uh, quote that sits on one of my pin boards in my office. 
And the other thing that I've recently sort of stuck up on my whiteboard calendar is circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result, and really taking a look at what are the thoughts I'm having? How am I feeling? What is the action and what is the result? And so once again, just making yourself super aware of those things and taking a look and saying, what is not working right now? And what are my thoughts around it? Like, what am I telling myself? What are the stories I'm saying? What are the thoughts I'm having? How is that making me feel? Like, how can I shift and change this to be something else? And I know that when I talked about how to manage your business in a crisis, I, you know, one of the first things I said is that I'm coming into this with a thought process of today I'm going to choose to show up and I'm going to make today the best that I can. And the way that I'm going to choose to show up is with positivity and action and all the rest of it and love and, you know, um, just really doing whatever I can for my kids and my family and knowing that today is a day that I want to choose joy and be positive and all the rest of it. Um, and I think, you know, even without me kind of going through this process of the self-coaching model that Brooke talks about, uh, that is something that was just kind of in me. And so I just really want you to think about what is your go-to thought process? What is your go-to emotions or actions? Like what is it that you automatically kind of, you know, that that comes up for you when you're trying something new or you're thinking about how you can do something as well. Yeah. And so with that thought comes the action of just being consistent and being focused and being positive and working out what else I can do. So being really resourceful with all of those thoughts that I have around, you know, something I'm going to make this work. Success is inevitable. And so and then I have all of those thoughts. There are so many different ways I can do this. There are so many different ways I can learn this. Um, and if one way doesn't work, another way will because success is inevitable. I can make this work. And so I really want you to think about whether that's something that you can start adopting and really adapting to as well. So I actually want to finish the podcast the way that we started it and just remind you that mindset is like 80% of the game. When you believe you're the best or working towards being the best in your industry, when you believe that success is inevitable for you, when you understand what other people are doing doesn't matter and what they think doesn't matter, when you realize that having the right people to do the stuff that you can't makes a huge difference, when you know that what you're charging is incredible value for what you're actually delivering, when you realize that your flavor of bold will attract the people you really want, when your mindset shifts into a completely different gear and the conversations you're having are being up-leveled, when you're focused on your clients' problems and their success in such a huge way that what you, that, that is what you're obsessing over, when you get to that, then you know that your business is in a different space and you know that your mindset and you are in a different space as well. And I just want to let you know that this is accessible to everybody. This is accessible to people who have come from nothing, to people who have come from a lot, to people who are single parents, who are parents who are single, who are not parents, who are whatever. Yeah, this is available to everybody. 
you have the ability to make the decisions about how you are going to move forward and what you are going to accept in your life and what you're not going to accept and what you are going to allow into your headspace so that you can protect it. And so those were just a few things that I wanted to share today. I really love that I got the the time and the space to be able to do that right now for you. Um, and if you've got any thoughts or you've got any questions, then let me know. You know something? I'm still working through my own mindset stuff and I'm still growing and building and developing and understanding myself more so that I can go to the next level whatever that looks like and I'm excited to put myself in uncomfortable situations where others are going to challenge me about the way I do things or think about things and my own limiting beliefs and you know it's kind of like what is it scared sided <laughs> I think my my book consultant said that to me, scared sided. It's like something I'm I'm scared about, but I'm super excited to do as well. And I think that's really the only way that you can grow in your business too, is to kind of subject yourself and expose yourself to things that are gonna challenge you and shift the dial and and make you see things and look at things in a completely different way. But I just want you to know that you have control over your own success and what is possible. And we all have seasons in our lives where it may be tough right now for you to do certain things, but don't underestimate the planning and the dreaming and the putting things in place or when you are ready to, to hit the ground running as well. So that is it for another week. Thank you so much for being here um, and hanging out. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to share it. I'd love you to write a review as well if you haven't on the podcast. And obviously you can find me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But until next week, keep playing big and branding bold.